pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 209. Today I'm going to chat with Ron Carter from Save the Second, discuss what's next for the firearms definitions rule, highlight a new muzzle device from JMAC Customs, and talk about the staggering amount of weapons left behind in Afghanistan. I'm your host, Ava Flanell. Ron, such a pleasure to have you on. If you guys think that I sound different, uh, it's probably because I'm not recording from my typical studio, which happens to be in my house. And my house happens to be well flooded at the moment. Um, Yeah, all I got to say is, guys, when you buy a house, just make sure that the hot water heater is not on the second floor. You're going to save yourself a lot of headaches. Ron, are you going to ask me if I'm okay? Uh, uh, Is the house okay? I mean, you sound fine. Like No, I'm not okay. I'm like, I'm okay. No, I'm like, I don't even, I'm pretty much living out of my car right now. I've been wearing the same clothes for the last four days. I'm not okay. Well, I mean, at (laughs) least you have, you know, a massive car, right? I mean, that's true. I do have a luxury car. So that definitely came in handy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm glad you didn't drown. Yeah, I know. Same. I mean, I can't say the same for Tickles, but (laughs) thankfully her mom knows how to swim. So, but yeah, so in the middle of the night, apparently like my hot water heater tank erupted. And it actually shot up from the top and then like blew out on the bottom. And I was in my room and I have like the fan on and sleep with uh, rain sounds. And so I didn't even notice until the next morning. And I was like, you know, get out of bed. I'm like, wait, something sounds weird. I'm like, that's weird. When did I get a waterfall? And then I go outside and like, you know, outside my bedroom door and I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) what do I do? And like the entire top is flooded. My laundry room's flooded. I go downstairs. There's like waterfalls, like going from my ceiling. And then it ended up, uh, dripping down to my hardwood floor, which I have real hardwood floors into my crawl space and, uh, figuring out how to shut the main water off. Yeah. Well, I know how to do it now, but at the time I was like, which way do I turn it? Help. And then I got a plumber out there and I have water restoration guys out there and like my house looks like a crime scene. It's just, uh, it's a mess. And, but you know what? I do want to say this, you know, I mean, crappy things happen. We never know. I'm actually just glad that I was home because I was supposed to be going to the NRA show, which was canceled, which we're going to talk about here shortly. But all I keep thinking is imagine if this happened while I was out, there would have been so much more damage, which there's a lot of damage. I mean, this, this had to have been leaking most of the night, but Imagine if this happened while I was away for a few days, but that also aside, I think sometimes, you know, maybe you just experience enough trauma or, you know, hardships in your life that like when things like this happen, you're like, yeah, it sucks. And it's an inconvenience at the end of the day, like nobody died. And I feel like that's where I'm at at this, you know, at this point, like I actually really, it it does suck, but I'm not really like super upset about it. I'm just like, it is what it is and it'll all be fixed. And honestly, as long as it could be replaced or fixed, like it's really not the end of the world. So guys, just remember that, you know, when you're going through hard times or, you know, something happens, we can't always plan accordingly, but as long as it's not permanent, it's really not anything worth stressing about. That's my two cents. My words. Yeah. It was so wonderful. No, 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 no. I mean, that that's great. 
I just, I just really want to know what the first rule of waterfall safety is now, because now I'm really curious. Uh, shut the water off. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Shut this. Even though I shut the water off and I was like, it's still coming out, but it was so like my entire ceiling was so full. It leaked the entire day. I mean, there was like a waterfall going for the entire day, even well after they even changed the water heater out, it was still leaking through. I mean, it was a disaster zone. So Man, yeah. that, that's hard for me to imagine, but you know, I, it's, it's almost impossible for me not to imagine that without like laughing because that's, <laughs> well, I'll be totally wake honest. Up and there it is. I know. Well, I'll be totally honest. Like after I shut the water up, I'm like, there's really nothing I can do and I'm not going to stress about it. And so I just had some coffee sat there with tickles. <laughs> tickles is looking at me like, mom, what's happening in our house. I'm like, I know tickles. It's just don't look at it. Helps <laughs> on the way. And I just enjoyed my coffee because you know, that sometimes that's all you can do. Yeah, I mean, at least your plants got watered a little bit more. Yeah, the plants were loving all the extra humidity. So, you know, there's always a bright side. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I'm so glad you're okay, though. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I didn't drown. Thank God for swimming lessons. <laughs> Smith & Wesson. If you guys are looking for a fun, affordable plinking pistol, you should check out the MMP 22 compact. I actually have one on my way because, um, my best friend, her son, he is, he's eight or nine and he's just really wanting to shoot a pistol. Now he has a rifle, a bolt action rifle, which is what I think is the best. I mean, you have, you have two sons. I think that that's probably the best gun, like a bolt action rifle to get them started on. But then eventually they kind of want to graduate from that and start shooting other guns. And actually, I mean, you, I just saw, was it last week or the week before that you took your kids to the range? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a, my oldest is a daughter, right? You know, she's 13. Uh, Bailey is, is uh, she's, she's not into firearms now because it's cross country season. And so she's running Uh, my son, on the other hand, who is nine, that dude really likes shooting his Glock 44. And yeah, uh, very similar to what you just said. You know, I mean, he started off, you know, playing with like the 1022 and, and rifles and whatnot. And now he is into those pistols and the, the Smith and Wesson MMP 22 compact is wonderful. My gosh, a thread of barrel with that and a suppressor yeah. will be just lovely. That's, so that's exactly what I have. That's exactly oh. like, that was my exact plan. I'm like, it's small enough. I like it because, you know, I mean, like I like the other 22s that they have, but I just felt like the 22 compact because it's so similar to all the other semi-automatic guns out there that it would right. really help for them to learn the mechanics of it. But then the fact that it's threaded and I could put a suppressor on there, it's just going to be so much less intimidating and they can really concentrate on the fundamentals as opposed to even the sound, even though it's a 22, but even, you know, sometimes that sound could be intimidating it's a great gun. If you just want to have fun plink, if you want to teach somebody, whether they're a kid, an adult. Um, and then especially, you know, if you get one with a threaded barrel, so definitely check it out. MSRP on those 423. And you can get more information about those at smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on deconstructing the industry.
Ron, I wanted to have you on the show. Um, actually, you and I go back quite a ways. And yeah, back were, uh, far, farther than, uh, you know, I think you remember. Well, yeah, apparently, because before the show started, you're like, just so you know, I'm going to ask you some questions. Like when you sold me my first gun in Colorado and I was like, what? I was like, I did. Yeah. Yeah, you totally did. Um, it was 2012, you know, oh, so many years ago. Now we're coming up on 10 years now. My God. Uh, yeah. So just about 10 years ago in the summertime, I was uh, out and about trying to find a particular handgun because, well, I didn't have any modern handguns. And, you know, I was in Colorado and uh, my my job that I, I have, I'm you know, constantly gone from, from my wife and kids. So I wanted to, to not only get a modern handgun, but, but teach my wife. And so I started going around town. I went to the, the gun show in Colorado Springs where you were, I think you were there, like the very first gun show that you were, you know, selling as an FFL. It had uh, to have been. Yeah. I think it was the very first. And at the time I was, I was going back in between a couple of handguns and uh, it, this, this is going to date me and, and tell you a few things about myself, but I was looking for the brand new at the time, the brand new Springfield XDS. It was brand new. It was so brand new. And, and I, I had just seen a video of Hickok 45, you know, shooting the brand new Springfield armory. And so I, I looked around there and you had it. And so I'm like, Oh my God, it, you got it. No one else has it. I want it. And so I, I bought it from you. And I, that was the first handgun the first gun that I'd bought in Colorado, I'm originally from Arkansas, but yeah, the first gun that I bought in the state of Colorado. That's so funny. You know, I was actually pretty smart when I first got my FFL because I made sure to have a good relationship with all of the, um, you know, the distributors, the reps right. that work for the distributors. Cause it really is like, I mean, if they like you, they'll give you the newer stuff. If, and it really, I mean, people think like, yeah, but I'm not a big seller. I don't buy like $40,000 worth of stuff per month. And I mean, trust me, I was not buying a lot when I first started, but it was just a matter of, I remember one rep specifically, they'd always give me like all the stuff that like just came out that was hard to find, like all their allocated stuff. And that definitely helped me out. And I will always kind of appreciate that. But that is so funny. I didn't even realize that I sold you a gun. And, and actually now, so for those who don't know, um, Ron, he helps me with my training company because over, uh, I think it was like around 2020, it was like right at the start of 2020 when things started getting really busy. And I was just like teaching like five classes a week. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to have a breakdown. I can't do this. And I was like, it'd be great if I could hire somebody and you offered to help and it actually worked out really well. You still help me to this day. You do an awesome job and you get excellent feedback from the students. Well, so I pay, I pay for that. that. I, I pay the students to leave positive feedback. You know, okay. Well, that's, I, it's actually smart. I mean, Hey, <laughs> it ensures you still have a job. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, man. No, uh, I've, I've instructed with a, a lot of folks, but um, it really in 2019 and 2020, I was trying to take time off from instruction and focus on on my the nonprofit I help uh, create, and so you, when you uh, you know asked me uh, if uh, I'd be willing, I'm like, yeah, you know what, I haven't been in it in a little while, and I need I need to get back into the instruction game. So that was that was lovely, and I've I've really had a, a really fun time uh, instructing, uh, you know, as wearing the elite firearms and training hat. I mean, it's it's so cool. I, I really 
Really I mean, do you enjoy just, it. You can't get any better, right? It's, you know, exactly. Like I'm high speed without being high speed. It's great. <laughs> Let's talk about this nonprofit that you created, um, Save the Second. What made you do this? All right. So uh, back up just a little bit. And let's let's talk about what the NRA is and what's what's going on. There's there's so many new shooters, of course, in in the United States, and perhaps even listening to to your wonderful podcast here, you may not know the history behind the the drama inside the National Rifle Association of America. The National Rifle Association Association of America has been around for 150 years now. 150 years, 1871. Very first president was Ambrose Burnside, the guy that we talk about getting sideburns and whatnot. Anyway, if you fast forward to modern times, the NRA went from teaching people how to shoot to being more of a lobbying organization. And in the past two, three decades, really, they've become more of an extension of the Republican Party. It's, it's weird. Uh, I guess that's kind of a, a sign of the times of politics, but regardless, there there was some problems that started to manifest in the wide open in 2018 and uh, 2019. One of those was an insurance program that the NRA had called Carry Guard. Man, they were pushing Carry Guard really hard. Uh, they were trying to to make instructors, or not make instructors, but uh, trying to make that their flagship instruction uh, deal. Yeah, it was weird. It was really weird. It was marketed terribly. And the training that they like uh, presented was completely unsafe, 100% ridiculous. Uh, you know, students flagging themselves and running around rolling in the dirt with firearms after they had just picked one up. It was, it was insane. So 2019, uh, there was, you know, that going on and other uh, drama that was going on with the NRA's advertising agency, which was Ackerman McQueen. And it really all started to spill out into the open at the National Rifle Association annual meeting in Indianapolis 2019. And that's where the president then, Oliver North, didn't even show up. He stepped down as president. And so many allegations started to come out about uh, the CEO of the NRA, Wayne LaPierre, having basically embezzled money. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was so crazy that at the members meeting, it just, it, it, the wheels fell off and, and there was a lot of resolutions made to remove Wayne LaPierre and, and everybody responsible. And those that were loyal to Wayne LaPierre dug in their heels and the rest of us members just kind of looked around like, okay, what do we do now? That ended with Wayne LaPierre maintaining control. He's been in control since 1991. So since Norman Schwarzkopf went into Kuwait, you know, and liberated Kuwait. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Wayne LaPierre is still there. And the New York Attorney General caught wind of all this, launched a criminal investigation, and it now has a criminal complaint against the NRA that is insanely long. And if just a fraction of it is correct, well, the NRA gets destroyed. It, it, it dissolves. Uh, the NRA is chartered in New York state. Remember 1871, uh, that's, that's where the NRA started and they chartered in the state of New York and they will die in the state of New York because of the malfeasance of 
the leadership of the NRA. So I started uh, contacting friends and whatnot. I wanted to do something right after the Indianapolis meeting. And initially we were called NRA members for accountability. Had several thousand people jump on real fast, uh, several folks that had experienced the, the members meeting and, and wanted to do something. And then we realized very quickly that the NRA had caught wind and they were about to send cease and desist letters and potentially sue us for using the NRA's name their likeness in our group. So we said, okay, we need to form some sort of nonprofit so that we can have some uh, meager funds to do some projects with. And one of the guys that I linked up with, uh, his name is Anthony Garcia. He suggested, hey, why not save the second? I'm like, well, yeah, that, that's that's a great idea. I like save the second. That, that's a cool name. But I mean, we're, we're just kind of f- focused on fixing the NRA. And he said, you know, if we fix the NRA, that's probably our best chance at truly saving the second amendment. Mm-hmm. And of course that was in 2019. If you fast forward to today, uh, it looks like we'll have to safeguard the second amendment and expand the second amendment outside of the NRA because they literally will be uh, dismantled and uh, dissolved. Most likely this time next year, you'll see that with the, uh, the New York attorney general going to trial in the late winter early spring of 2022. Yeah, that's a lot. Sorry. <laughs> it's just so crazy. I mean, it is, but it isn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's the nutshell. Obviously there's a lot more to it than that, but mm-hmm. uh, for, for a lot of us uh, that are instructors, you cut your teeth, you begin the first step in, is getting some sort of cert- certificate of training and being an instructor. Well, the easiest one, the easiest way to do that is through the NRA and their basic pistol instructor certification. And many states recognize that as a means of teaching concealed carry, like the state of Colorado. If you want to teach mm-hmm. Colorado concealed carry, well, that, that's where you go unless you're a, you know, a lawyer, post-certified, high-speed guy. So yeah, that, not a lot of people have millions of dollars to, to spend on a law degree and getting post-certified and all this good stuff. So yeah, NRA is the way to go. And it does appear that those credentials will die along with the NRA. Interesting. So, and actually that's been brought up a few times. A few people have asked me, you know, if like the NRA goes away or if I just don't want to support them at all, which, you know, I'm no longer a member. I've been a member, but after, you know, Ackerman McQueen, you know, released what all of the expenses, you know, all of their expenses and like, wait, what Wayne LaPierre was spending it on. I mean, it was ridiculous. I'm like, I literally, I'm just helping to contribute to all this wasteful spending. That's not really going to fighting the cause that we all thought we were contributing to. It's funny. You mentioned that, uh, in, it was, it was August 1st, uh, August 1st of 2019. I had a guy come to my door and said, Hey, I have, uh, papers for Ron Carter. I'm like, yeah, cool. So did I win the lottery? And he's like, no, it's a subpoena. And so I'm like, subpoena, what the hell are you talking about? And I started to read it. It was the NRA subpoenaing me for a deposition because they were looking for that particular uh, leak of information. Who leaked the flights to the Bahamas and who leaked, uh, uh, there was there was other stuff uh, beyond that. Uh, Megan Allen, uh, an intern at the NRA, got a, a very nice apartment rented for her mm-hmm. through Ackerman McQueen. Uh, yeah. There was there was a you know so the Zigna suits. Uh, yeah. Wayne LaPierre spent almost a quarter million dollars to to pay for some business suits 
in Beverly Hills, and that was charged through Ackerman McQueen. I still don't know who it was that released that leak, uh, whether it was Ackerman McQueen. They say they didn't do it. Uh, so it probably was somebody within the the headquarters of the National Rifle Association that had access to those documents. Now, either way, I had to give a deposition because I had seen those online and I shared it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so the NRA you know, came knocking to my door and I'm not sure if they ever truly found who it was that leaked all of those documents. But that didn't mean the documents were incorrect. They were correct. And Wayne LaPierre embezzled money, uh, yeah. plain and simple. And that's, he's one of the defendants, by the way. Wayne LaPierre is one of the four defendants that Letitia James, who is the New York State Attorney General, uh, she is listed as defendants in her criminal complaint against the National Rifle Association. So Wayne LaPierre stands a good chance at going to jail. Uh, so does Treasurer, I'm sorry, not Treasurer. Uh, he was a former Treasurer, Woody Phillips. Another employee named Josh Powell. Josh Powell was the, the guy behind Carry Guard, and that's debacle. And finally, the secretary of the NRA, John Frazier, is also listed as a defendant. And Frazier is, uh, it looks, looks to me like he's uh, kind of calling the shots on canceling stuff and not rescheduling him. I'm, I'd be speculating there, but there's a reason why the New York State Attorney General listed him as a defendant as well. Yeah, definitely. We're going to get back to that in a second. I'm going to take a quick break, talk about primary arms. If you guys are wanting to get into long range shooting, the first thing that you need is a good optic, obviously. Primary arms has some great objects that won't break the bank, especially when it comes to long distance shooting. I mean, those optics are expensive. Their SLX line has a number of front focal plane optics so that your holds are the same, regardless of what zoom you're on. That's an important feature for long range so that, you know, your hits will be, you know, where you intend the SLX three to 18 by 50 FFP with the ACSS Apollo is a great example. Calibrated for six, five Creedmoor and two, two, four Valkyrie. It's got all the features that you need to get your shooting on for a thousand yards or even further. Best part. It's only $479.99, but remember, you're going to use that code AVA, A-V-A, and that's going to get you a free scope mount with that optic or any other primary arms optic that you find. And uh, check out all of their other stuff at primaryarms.com. Just a few days ago, we were told that the NRA annual meetings has been canceled. And it's interesting because... I knew that, um, a lot of companies, you know, were pulling out and I actually made a joke. I was like, man, I've never seen a pullout game so strong. (laughs) 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 I just couldn't help it. I even told some of my sponsors that, which I'm like real professional, Ava way to go. But, uh, kids will be made here. I know. Yeah. But, you know, I was getting wind, uh, you know, that a lot of companies, uh, were pulling out and I was like, huh, okay. That's interesting because, Texas has become a very like hot spot for COVID, but it still kind of seemed like, all right, maybe these companies are pulling out, you know, a little sus, but maybe, you know, they were concerned for their employees. And then, um, within a week later, after a lot of the companies started pulling out, NRA announced that they will be canceling. And that was at this point, this was a week from when the show was supposed to happen. But after talking to you this morning, you're speculating a few things that it may not just have to do with COVID. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I think COVID is a, is a big deal in Texas right now. Uh, it looks like uh, Harris County, the county that Houston is in, has uh, more cases of COVID than they did in uh, February, like at their, some of their peaks. So it's, it's a real deal. Uh, you know, the entire Southeast right now is, is experiencing a lot of that. So I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of concern there. What I don't understand is that the, the convention center that they were using down there is massive. Mm-hmm. And when you have so many of these exhibits uh, being removed, you're only increasing the potential for social distancing. Hell, you could have 12, 14, 16 feet of social distancing and still carry on. The NRA, by their bylaws, the NRA has to have an annual meeting of the members no later than the 30th of November. They haven't made any sort of hint at rescheduling. It's just like, well, guys, it's canceled. Sorry. And they also have to have an election for the 76th director. Nothing for that. In fact, they didn't even have any information on the election for the 76th director even while the, the, the show was still being planned. So yeah. it, it looks to me like, like they, were, they were hoping they would have a reason to cancel. And when they finally got a little bit, they did it. If you look around Houston right now, there's uh, the Houston Astros, the baseball team. They're not canceling games. And it looks like they're averaging about 25,000 people in attendance each game. So it's not like, uh, you know, events left and right are canceling. You don't have any flights being canceled going into Houston Bush or Houston Hobby airports because of COVID. It's uh, the NRA could have made so many more steps to ensure the safety of those attending simply to have the meeting of the members and the 76 ele- uh, director election, but they chose not to. They chose just to simply cancel it and be done with it, which looks to me like they're trying to avoid any sort of accountability or embarrassment. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there, there's probably a lot to be said about that. I guess, you know, initially I was just thinking like, uh, they're probably, you know, thinking, Hey, companies are pulling out left and right. The show probably wouldn't be that big. Um, I'm sure. I, I mean, I don't know a ton of people that were really talking about attending, you know, outside the industry, like the general public. I knew, you know, there's a few patrons that said that they were going to go. But as soon as you said that, I guess I also wasn't really even thinking about the political aspect and, you know, the actual meetings and elections and stuff like that. Well, and that's what the NRA has become. Yeah. It never really was was expected to be that. I mean, the NRA annual meeting was supposed to be like a business meeting for the members Mm -hmm. and that's it. And so gradually over the past you know, three decades, while well, the meeting of the, the members has become the NRA annual meetings where we have Springfield Armory and Sig Sauer and, you know, all these companies. And it's more like a trade show for, for civilians. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, okay, so a little bit more. Uh, within the NRA board of directors, there recently have been four resignations, possibly five. Uh, one of those was Ted Nugent. Uh, the next Buzz Mills, Susan Howard, it looks like Alan West has resigned uh, and p- potentially Carl Rowan Jr. So you're, you're having a lot of people resign from the board of directors at the same time that you were about to go into a meeting of the members where there's so much contention already. It looked like it was going to be a, you know, a, a big time fight and the LaPierre regime 
stood a chance to really get a black eye, if not be ousted entirely. So yeah, it, it really works in their favor to cancel the, the meeting of the members. Mm-hmm. It was also so crazy because like really after 2019, think about how many board members ended up leaving like Julie oh, Golub, wow. Dwayne Liptek. Um, I mean, who are the others? There were so many other people that it was like, they were just dropping like flies and it was like, yeah. okay, what the hell is going on? Oh yeah. And you know, I mean, kind of the first, uh, eye, eyebrow raise was Pete Brownell, right? Brownells. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was May 30th of 2019. That was just after Indianapolis NRA annual meeting. And then you had Sean Maloney, Esther Schneider, mm-hmm. Timothy Knight, uh, Richard Childress, you know, the race car driver, he resigned yeah. in, in, uh, August of 2019, Craig Morgan, the rock star, Dan Bourne. Yeah. And that's, that's just the people that, that absolutely resigned, not the people that left quietly when their terms were done. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. And then there was, so out of the most recent members, uh, one person asked if, uh, I forget who, which lady it was, uh, they asked if it was because of health reasons and she gave a pretty, a pretty strong statement. Oh my gosh. Yes, she did. That's Susan Howard. And oh man, uh, she, she was not having it. Uh, so she sent out an email to the entire board of directors, which we, uh, we finally got to see ourselves. And, and she says, dear board, several of you have asked, and this is in all caps, like the whole letters in all caps. Several of you have asked if my resignation is from the board is because of illness. The answer is yes but is a sickness of the heart at what I've discovered regarding the lack of leadership and our leaders. Yeah. I mean, it goes on, but she is, she is not reserving anything. She is fighting mad. And I suspect that Susan Howard would probably have shown up to the meeting of the members, like several of these other persons who resigned. And yeah, that was not going to look pretty in any, any way, shape, form or fashion. Keep in mind that voting eligible members of the NRA, can really get stuff done at the meeting of the members. And so Susan Howard, even though she's stepping down as a NRA board of director, she's a voting eligible member of the NRA. And the more of those you have at the meeting of the members, the more you can get done. And we just lost that, that opportunity entirely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I also think, um, changing it up a little bit. So I think that uh, whether companies within the industry, if they support the NRA or not, because I did notice, you know, I, on social media, some of the companies were like, hey, we'll be at NRA. And it seemed like they were actually starting to get like quite a bit of backlash for it. For, the, for those who know what's going on, um, at like side story, NRA women, they just reposted an article about me getting sponsored by federal premium ammunition. And one guy said, uh, uh, yeah, I used to watch, or I used to listen to Ava's podcast until she disclosed that she's not an NRA member. Um, she is definitely not your friend. She's the enemy or something like that. It was something so ridiculous. Uh, but because, you know, I'm not supporting NRA, which I'm supporting plenty of other organizations. And I think that I do a lot more for the second amendment than probably this Joe Schmo who wrote that. And, um, and, and this isn't to say that I don't appreciate NRA women, you know, sharing this article and spreading the word about my sponsorship and I appreciate it. And I'm sure that they're also fighting a good fight. Like there's, you know, they probably have no say in what's going on, um, you know, at the top of the NRA, but 
you know, yeah, that, that's, that's absolutely the point. Uh, yeah. I've got to interject. Uh, you know, there's, there's so many little facets of the NRA that you can't lump anything that has a flavor of NRA directly in the trash can. Mm-hmm. For example, NRA ILA, the Institute for Legislative Action, they will probably survive the NRA's disillusion and they will be better for it. They, uh, the guy that's, that's ahead, the head of the NRA ILA is Jason Wemay. And, you know, he's doing, he's doing the Lord's work. It's, it's very difficult uh, for him because of course now he's, he's in a difficult spot, uh, re, you know, with the reputation of the NRA, but he's still going to Capitol Hill and, and doing a lot of work. Dwayne Liptek has had nothing but praise for him. And, you know, I, I think that ILA is doing the best that they can with what they have. I think NRA women is probably doing a very similar thing where they're doing the best they can with what they have NRA training. I think maybe there's one employee left that oversees the entirety of NRA training. And you know what? I can't fault the guy. I mean, he's, he's making lemonade with lemons and mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's so many of these stories where there, there's people that are absolutely devoted to the second amendment and the best way that they can do it and survive is by still being employed and working with the NRA. That's not a testament to the corruption at the leadership level. The leadership level is the one that are responsible and frankly need to go to jail. So yeah, I, I get it. I understand the, the problem where you have this, this sour taste in your mouth from anything that says NRA, but that doesn't mean that they're all corrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I'm going to take another quick break, talk about Caldwell. If you guys are into long range shooting, obviously you need accurate muzzle velocity for your rifle. Definitely check out the chronographs that they have. There's several to choose from. The ballistic precision chronograph is accurate to uh, 0.25% and integrates with a phone app to get the data on your phone uh, with an included cable. Their G2 chronograph goes even farther for accuracy, as well as being designed to handle different lighting conditions, which can be problematic for you know most chronographs. Check that out at caldwellshooting.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY10 for 10% off your first order. Okay, so I feel like we're being like super negative and not, you know, I mean, I don't want listeners to think that we're, you know, we're we're against any organization that's like, you know, supporting a good cause and stuff like that. But I mean, just in recent years, like the NRA has just been absent from a lot of things. They're, they're really not on the front lines, like fighting the fight. And I think especially within the last couple of years, like under Biden administration, I mean, our rights, like we're seeing our rights just being like targeted left and right. And I've never seen so much corruption, so many laws trying to be passed that I'm like, how is this even, how do they even possibly think that this is going to pass? Like they want to ban all semi-autos or nine millimeters. Like, you know, I mean, some of this stuff is just so far-fetched that I'm like, are they out of their mind? Right. Right. And and during this time, of course, uh, you're seeing uh, the NRA had to lay off uh, hundreds of employees. I think they ended up laying off from 2019 until now. They've laid off, laid off about 400 people. And I mean, those are the people that were, you know, doing a, a lot of, of what I would call God's work, right? You mm-hmm. know, uh, and yeah, how many times have you seen an NRA official go to a 
shooting match or mm-hmm. a gun show. I mean, it's, it's almost unheard of now because they just simply lack the, the capability to do yeah. so. Um, but I mean, that's not saying that they need to in the first place. You know, the, the NRA is not something that's, uh, that's always going to fight for your rights. No, you've got to fight for your rights and, and mm-hmm. you know, take the bull by the horns, do it. And, you know, yeah. call congressmen, you know, talk with your neighbors about, you know, this insanity that, that mm-hmm. we're experiencing. Yeah, there, there's, there's a lot to that. But there's also a lot, like a lot of other smaller organizations that are just doing so much more than the NRA is right now. Oh my um, gosh, yeah. Firearms Policy Coalition has really impressed me recently. Yeah. Same with Second Amendment Foundation, Gun Owners of America. I mean, and now you have uh, other organizations that are smaller and lesser known, like Pink Pistols, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and Operation Blazing Sword that, yep, they're doing very good work. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of smaller organizations that are working on a local level, which I think we also need more of as well. So, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Um, uh, one thing, so I talked to you this morning and I, you know, I, I was like, all right, so what can we do? Like what, you know, can members, uh, you know, write to the directors to be like, Hey, you know, you need to say this, you need to do that. And your answer actually surprised me because apparently you've done this before. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's fatiguing. Um, <laughs> this, this podcast might be so, uh, so sad. Uh, so 2019, you know, I hit the, the ground running with Save the Second. I'm like, all right, the first thing that we need to do is make sure that every director hears from us and, you know, us, the members of the NRA. And so we can tell them what our elected directors need to do. So I started a campaign called 76 and 76. And the reason for that, there's 76 board of directors. And so if you're contacting every one of them, 76 days, guess what? A letter a day and you've done it. So mm-hmm. I started the 76 and 76 and, and we ended up going through that twice completely where we sent thousands of letters uh, and emails. And I went and got the contact information. If I didn't have uh, a mailing address, which the official mailing address is to the NRA HQ and HQ is supposed to forward that on. But uh, in the event that that didn't work, I, I wanted to get like Facebook accounts and Twitter accounts and anywhere, any shape, form or fashion that we could send a smoke signal to somebody that might see it. That's a director. We did it. And it was just radio silence. There were very, very few directors that responded and the vast majority just completely ignored us uh, to the point where we would go to these board meetings, the NRA board meetings, usually three a year. And there was one director in particular, his name is Todd Ravener. That's like, why, why are you having them send me letters? I'm like, well, did you read them? <laughs> Do you wow. know what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And he was, he was mad, but he was the only one that actually like read them and then decided to try to confront us. But yeah, we, we've done that. We did petitions. Uh, we, we were successful in getting a, uh, how do you call it? The, it wasn't a, a bylaw amendment. It was a uh, procedure where if a director is not attending member uh, meetings, board meetings, that they could be expelled from the president of the NRA. And so we were able to get that. So hopefully we would have, you know, some of these guys that literally never show up to meetings uh, thrown out so we could get persons elected that would do their job. That was never enforced, however. And in fact, the president herself, Carolyn Meadows, should probably uh, resign herself because she's missed several board meetings uh, recently. And yeah, so at every turn, 
we were thwarted in some form or fashion by the LaPierre regime. And that continues to this day. So I mean, it's, it's really tough. And, and so, yeah, I mean, you're thinking, oh, well, there's got to be something. There has to be some way that members can do something to, to get Wayne LaPierre thrown out and get people that can save the NRA in before it's too late, before the New York Attorney General literally destroys it. Well, the answer is a guy named Frank Tate. Frank Tate is uh, he's a guy that's been running for the NRA Board of Directors in strict opposition to Wayne LaPierre and anybody that's one of Wayne LaPierre's cronies. And, oh, my gosh, they have done everything they can to exclude him and get him on his way. Frank has persevered and he filed a, a an interesting side. Uh, it's called an intervention. It's an intervention into the New York Attorney General's criminal complaint. And the deal is, I mean, there's still an estimated 5 million NRA members. And obviously they, if you're not aware, if you're an NRA member and you're not aware of what's going on, you would be shocked that the New York attorney general can just destroy the NRA and distribute anything that the NRA owns to other entities without any notice to the members. And so Frank Tate filed an intervention. He's seeking to intervene on behalf of the members in the New York Attorney General's case. And so that's our last hope, really. It's out of our hands. It's in the hands of the courts. And thankfully, Frank Tate has stepped up to the, the plate and, and spent a whole lot of money to file this intervention in this criminal complaint. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just crazy. So much going on. Yeah, I mean, it's... You almost have to be a lawyer to understand half of this stuff now. And thankfully, I've got a couple of friends that are lawyers, so they've, they've educated me. But still, it's, it's so frustrating that you would have to be a lawyer to understand what this intervention filing is within the criminal complaint in New York law. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. What advice do you have for people who are listening? Is there anything that we can do? Or at this point, it's like, I mean, it just sucks because I'd hate to give up on the NRA. I wish, you know, they'd clean up their act and we could have the NRA, the same NRA that we had, you know, years ago. But I mean, especially now because, and I've said this before, but in, you know, this is the best way to describe it, which plenty of people have, but they're the biggest grill in the room it like sucks to lose them. It, you know, it it would be better just to definitely kind of, you know, try to save them. But at this point, it's like, I mean, I kind of stopped following them because it's like, it just seems like a lost cause. Right, right. I mean, in a perfect world, I would want to save them and use all of the assets in our benefit, right? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's going to happen really true, truthfully. So the only other option that you have is to support other entities. Uh, but I'll, I'll take it a step further. It's one thing to simply support, you know, Gun Owners of America or Firearms Policy Coalition, Second Amendment Foundation, do that, do all of that. But I think it would be more important for you to educate the inexperienced, novice, new gun owners that see the NRA branding and think, oh, the NRA is, is in our court. Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. So, I mean, softly explaining to them that, you know, the NRA has uh, had some corrupt leadership and is probably going to be destroyed because of it, mm-hmm. that that may do more to support our cause because it will open the eyes of, of those Second Amendment supporters that say, oh, well, maybe I should not waste my money 
Maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't set it on fire. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. So yeah, that that's something I would recommend. Now, you know, if you're looking to become an instructor or if you are an instructor, there's very few entities that are recognized in all 50 states. Range Master is doing a wonderful job. They're recognized in a lot. USCCA is probably the largest. Uh, and I think they're recognized in some 30 something states, uh, you know, to conduct concealed carry courses and curriculum. Uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're one of those instructors, I would, I would encourage you to start looking into that, but education is, is the big thing. Uh, if you're, if you're at a match or on the range or something, you see a guy with the NRA hat, you might say, Hey man, yeah, you know, that's, uh, that NRA is having really, really tough times now. Right. And, you know, strike up that conversation. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah. probably the, the largest benefit. Yeah, actually completely agree with you. I think that's really smart. What about for yourself? Do you have any future plans or anything else that you'd like listeners to know? You know, I'm, I'm trying to see this through to the end. I'm honestly, I've debated about just resigning and closing, you know, save the second and and whatnot, because there's so little that we can do. There's almost nothing that we can do. We're spectators right now that could change, especially if, uh, say John Frazier, the secretary of the NRA realizes that, oh, well, we might be in a world more trouble if we don't have a meeting of the members this year. So if they decide to have that meeting of the members, and by the way, they did that last year in 2020, they canceled and rescheduled four times. And they finally had a meeting of the members in Tucson, Arizona. It was small. No one knew about it. It was difficult to get to. And once they got to it, the NRA had bussed Wayne LaPierre supporters to that meeting. So I'm going to keep working. If they do reschedule that meeting of the members, you bet you're behind. I'm going to be there and I'm going to be fighting mad and I'm going to do everything that I can to make those positive changes in our NRA. I'm going to try to see it through to the, the end. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's so frustrating that, that we're spectators. And, and there's so many of us, uh, you know, several friends of mine, of ours that have been you know, working towards reforming the NRA. Man, we're fatigued. It's so fatiguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know. This conversation guess, fatigues me. <laughs> I'm so I'm so fatigued right now. Oh my gosh. Uh, no, you you know I mean, take a step back. The Second Amendment is still there. We still yeah. have to fight for it, and we still have to do everything in our power to expand those sh- the, the rights that should not be infringed, mm-hmm. but to expand those rights. And yeah, I mean, so some of the best things that you could do is go to the range, go to matches. Uh, I'm going to be at. Uh, an IDPA match on Sunday. I've been shooting a lot of IDPA and you know what? I, I love competition shooting. It's a lot of fun and yeah, I'm going to enjoy my rights and maybe strike up a conversation along the way. And yeah, who knows uh, if, if uh, things really, you know, get crazy and somehow Frank Tate's intervention in the New York attorney general's case, uh, you know, has some sort of benefit. Well, by God, I'm going to jump on that like a pack of dogs on a three-legged cat. And oh boy, we're going to have some fun trying to resurrect what is left of the NRA. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Hey, Ron. So if anybody wants to support Save the Second, or if they want to follow you on social media, do you have that information? Yeah. Uh, the website is still save the number two a.org save the two a.org you can go there we haven't had a, a, a podcast in a while we need to, to have kind of a refresher i am waiting on frank tate uh, apparently he's got some some things uh, that will happen in that particular intervention soon so as soon as he can talk i'm going to have him on the podcast to bring us all up to speed uh yeah you can donate there if you would like to i'd rather your 
donations go to those entities that we were talking about, Firearms Policy Coalition, Gun Owners of America, Second Amendment Foundation, and more. Yeah, donate to those guys, give Ava money because Ava's awesome. But yeah, definitely understand that uh, your actions speak louder than your donations. The NRA has several million dollars still in the bank and it's being lit on fire. So I would rather you do activism, engaging in your local politics as best you can instead of donating to any of those really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving forward, IWI. If you guys are looking for a tougher bullpup, you need to check out the Tavor 7. The Tavor 7 is one of the most compact 7.62 NATO rifles around, impacts all the IWI's refinements of the Tavor series into it. It's fully ambidextrous. You could switch, you know, which side the charging handle or ejection is uh, without sending it to the factory. And the safety mag release and bolt catch are all similar to the popular controls um, that you'd see on the X95. It also comes with an M-Lock 4N with rails at 12 and 6 o'clock for accessories. The short stroke gas piston is incredibly reliable and has four positions, including off for the gas system. Off is funnest with a suppressor. Check those out at IWI.us. And if you need any accessories, mag, swag, you name it, anything in the accessories category, use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that's going to get you 15% off at IWI.us. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. 3,000 comments on firearms definitions rules. So the comment period on the ATF's illegally proposed rule change on firearms definition is over. The final tally is 291,249 comments submitted. Big thanks to all who commented on this overreach of authority, but it wasn't just pro-gun people commenting. Uh, Brady, Everytown, Giffers Campaign, uh, they all pushed their you know anti-gun followers to comment as well. They advocated copy and paste comments, which the ATF, I'm sure, will count all, even though they won't if you use the same comment to support gun rights. Everytown claims that they are responsible for over 100,000 comments supporting the rule change. Many of you are probably wondering what comes next. ATF has to consider and respond to the comments. Many of you might be wondering, all right, what comes next? ATF has to consider and respond to the comments. Since there are so many comments with longstanding legal presidents supporting gun rights, they will have to address those. They could decide not to proceed with the rule change or make changes to the rule to address some of the comments. If they do proceed, they will enter a final rule in the federal registrar and it will have an effect date set. If this happens, there will be immediate lawsuits filed by gun right groups since this will affect millions of people. Stay tuned. I'll definitely keep you guys posted with any recent developments. Also, there is still a little bit more time. So if you guys haven't commented on the brace rule um, on ATF's website, you still can do so. Stay tuned and I'll keep you guys posted with any you know, new developments. And now it's time to talk about Ron's favorite person, Sven, who happens to be the owner of Manicore Arms. Ron, you're pretty familiar with Manicore Arms, right? Absolutely. They're 
The stuff that they have for the Scorpion just makes my heart so warm. I love Sven. And he was polishing up some Polish something on his uh, Facebook account today. It looked lovely. I don't know exactly what it was, but Sven is just amazing. He gets his hands on some like really rare stuff. And also, I think that's what I love about Manicore Arms is like they touch guns that like the Scorpion. Okay, that's, you know, that's pretty common, I guess, more common than like some of the other guns, but like the AUG and stuff like he he makes accessories for, you know, guns that like a lot of people aren't making accessories for. It's just the stuff that he creates, especially, you know, like you said, the Scorpion, like if you guys have a stock Scorpion, chances are you already realized, all right, that safety on there, it sucks. I hate to say it, but it does. I mean, it was made for people that are probably wearing gloves when they're using that safety. But for like most Americans, we're not wearing our gloves when we're shooting it. And that safety is like super rough. So even if you just change out the safety lever with one that Manicore Arms makes, it's just makes a huge difference. What other parts do you use from, from Manicore Arms? I have several of their muzzle brakes for ARs and I love each and every one of them. Yeah. Uh, I, the flash tighter in particular uh, for, you know, ARs is just lovely. It's, it works. It looks good. There's no flash. I mean, I, I haven't had a single product from Manicore Arms that I didn't absolutely love. Honestly, uh, I've got a couple of their transformer rails. Uh, my son's AR has a transformer rail with, with uh, you know, some of the, the grip texture on that, that rail that he can hold on to a little bit easier. It's just mm-hmm. nice. It's great stuff. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So if you guys want to check out any of the products that we discussed or find out what else uh, Sven makes, head on over to manacorearms.com. If you use the code AVAROCKS15, all one word, you're going to get 15% off your entire order. Today's Q&A. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. How's the cleanup at your house going for the water heater exploding? Oh, that is so sweet for you to if for asking. Thank you. I mean, what could have made this question a little bit better is like in how's tickles coping? Because <laughs> Uh, Does Tickles have a flotation device? Yeah, right. Well, actually, Tickles is at the babysitter right now because, and and I hate to say it, I was actually thinking today, like, I'm like, Tickles, yeah, if you could just take her for a few days, but I'm like, Tickles might be there for weeks. I may not see my dog for weeks because it doesn't really look like there's like an end date in sight. Um, I had a friend who, and he's actually in the Patreon group, his house flooded. It was like three stories. And they kicked him out of his house, I think for like eight or nine months because there was mold, which oh, thankfully God. my house does not have mold. And, you know, we were able to catch it in time, but, um, he ended up getting mold. And as a result, he had to stay at a hotel for like eight or nine months. It was di- like a disaster. And once the house was like finally complete, he just sold it and he moved. Like he was just so Jeez. just over it. But I'm thinking, I'm like, nah, clearly, like, this is probably going to take about a week, if that. And I don't even know why I was thinking that. And I've never experienced any type of flooding. So I really have no reference to base it on. But I'm just like, nah, it's not like horrible. I mean, they'll redo the ceiling. The floor is really not that bad. And uh, and we'll be on our way. But I I don't know. Um, but well, you know what I mind- Keep in mind that you're in such a dry area. You know, I mean, we haven't had a whole lot of rain and yeah. all that. So 
I mean, you don't have near the problems that somebody, say, living in Alabama would have. That's true. And it's also summer. This could happen when it was really cold because I guess the heat right now, if you walk into my house, it it literally, I mean, I've never been to hell, but I would imagine that this is what hell feels like. (laughs) It's not clean. It's not pretty. It's hot. And uh, there's just, yeah, no, I mean, you just, you feel like you're like in some dry hell because they have dehumidifiers everywhere, fans everywhere. And uh, it's just, uh, it's crazy. But um, I don't know, I guess, I mean, I'll keep you guys posted on how, you know, the progress that's being made. But one good thing is I've decided to redo the master bathroom. Uh, redo the tile. And I've been holding off because I'm like, man, it's going to make such a big mess. And it's going to like tread all this dirt through the house. And now I'm like, my house is just trashed. So I'm like, whatever. (laughs) It's not like, you know, (laughs) like, why not? Let's just, let's just do that too. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, at least you'll have a bigger, better bathroom when it's over. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also there was like a few little spots on the ceiling that were like patched. I'm guessing maybe there was a previous leak or something, maybe, or maybe when they, they changed up the washer and dryer, the previous owners, but it always kind of messed with my OCD. So I was kind of thinking to myself like, all right, well, at least I don't have to look at that now. And most people would not notice it, but you know, once you live in a house and you're, you know, you notice every little thing, at least I do. That's one good thing, I guess that. Yeah. I have to look forward to. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, just keep looking at the bright side. Silver lining. Yeah, I mean, who knows when Tickles will see her mom again, but you know, whatever. <laughs> no big deal. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. All right, so today in Tacti Talk, JMac Customs, their new X-Series, They just came out with a new muzzle device. It's pretty awesome if you have a suppressor. Their new X-Series muzzle device comes in the most popular thread pitches, half by 28, uh, 5 eighths by 24, and even metric sizes for 8Ks. They're designed to stay on your rifle and connect directly to common industry suppressors by threading directly uh, in the end cap. Instead of adding additional length for a bulky, quick change adapter, having to thread it directly in your barrel every time, The muzzle device threads directly into common suppressors, adding no extra length, which is pretty nice, especially if you guys, you know, use suppressors often. The design also adds an extra baffle built into the muzzle device uh, that will protect your suppressor even more. When you're not using the suppressor, it serves as a muzzle brake and they have a blast shield that threads on the muzzle device to protect threads and direct the blast forward. One of the really cool things about it is there's no timing required to line up the mount with the barrel, which makes it really easy to attach, which I honestly, I could appreciate that. Um, If you've got like a dead air nomad, uh, rugged suppressor, silencer, co omega, they all share a common thread, which matches the X series mount. All this means is that you can use different suppressors on all your rifles or pistols with the same adapter that has all the benefits of direct thread and also lets you keep the break when you don't have the suppressor attached. Ron, I know you just got a few, a few suppressors in. Like you have the Silencer yeah. Co Omega, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, I'm on a trust, and we just got the the tech stamp back. So uh, we were oh, playing yes. the Omega just the other day, and yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, we got to, to you know pop the cherry on the uh, the Omega, and this would actually have been really handy because we would want to put it on you know 300 blackout, and then perhaps a couple other rifles, and yeah, 
going direct thread like that instead of the uh, the ASR mount, and especially with uh, also having a dead air nomad. Oh my God, this would make life a little bit easier. And I'm just kind of sad I didn't think of this. Before. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. So and it's it's kind of funny because like when I first started getting into suppressors, I really did just think like, oh, okay, you just like screw it on, you're ready to go. But it's definitely a lot more involved than that. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely appreciate this. I don't know what MSRP is. One twenty nine ninety five. Oh, okay, that's not bad. Yeah, I think that's actually pretty good. So that's really good. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely affordable enough where you can definitely put on quite a few different guns. Saves time, which let's face it, times money. You guys can check those out at JMAC. So just the letter J M A C dash Customs dot com. Cold steel. So if you guys need to add something sharp to your everyday carry, check out cold steel. Uh, let's face it. We all need a good knife to open up Amazon packages. I hate to say it, but man, I give Amazon way too much money. <laughs> and I like hate that I support these like big organizations, but it's like, it's either that or like go to Walmart or something, you know? Yeah. And like, I don't know what it is, but I just, I can't, I can't stand being around like so many people. Like I like, you know, like firearm events and stuff. Cause I'm like, all right, we're all kind of similar, but I don't know. I mean, I used to go to Walmart yeah, once, all the time. Dude, once you get back from having been in a sea of people, yeah. you kind of want some alone time. And I, I, yeah, leave the packages at the door. Thank you. I got yeah. my own time. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. It's so weird. I didn't realize I was like, I thought I was always like an extrovert, but I'm like, maybe I am kind of an introvert. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but anyways, I will say cold steel has like come in handy for all of those freaking packages. They have like a whole list of different options. I mean, they have some that are under $65 as well as like really high end knives. Um, in fact, I just found this out, but my neighbor, he's like into knife making. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause I had somebody on my show who, you know, is a, a blacksmith and he's like, yeah, he's like, it's like, all the rage now. And I'm like, I didn't even realize that it was like that big, but, uh, he was like saying, I, I think he didn't know that I was sponsored by cold steel, but he brought him up and he was like, yeah, they make really good knives. And I was like, oh yes, I agree. I agree. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, it was just kind of, kind of cool that, you know, he did all this research on knives and stuff and like cold steel was like one of his favorites. Um, well, and I've got to tell you, I, you know, so I'm, I'm from Arkansas, born and raised, you know, and cold steel has an Arkansas toothpick. Oh my freaking God. I did not know they had an Arkansas toothpick. Okay. Wait, just stop what, stop what you're doing and go and look at the Arkansas toothpick on cold steel. It's, it's so wonderful. Yes. I didn't oh, know yeah. this. So it's made out of like actual like steel. Oh, oh, it's, it's, it's like a, uh, a sword. Uh, it's the main competition uh, to the, the Bowie knife right david bowie and but this is like you're not you are not using this one on your teeth no oh you know what i would i would have to make memes of it because it's just worth it it's an arkansas toothpick you this know, is crazy so it looks like this is fairly new because it says the product's coming soon oh my gosh that yeah is so, so it says wonderful. the the main um competition to the bowie knife from the late 1830s to the period just after the Civil War was the Arkansas toothpick. 
I didn't even know. I literally thought you were like describing like a toothpick. And I was like, well, I hate when there's something in my teeth. So this might be right up my alley. I don't know about the steel. My dentist probably wouldn't approve, but you know. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. This is wonderful. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, $219.99. They have all kinds of stuff. I mean, they even have like the the little things that you throw, like the... So like throwing knives? Or no, tom- well, they got tomahawks. So. Oh, no, no. The, the, the mini blade, their, uh, their throwing knives are the mini blades. They're 10 bucks, little bitty throwing knives. That looks fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they've got, yeah, they got the asses and the tomahawks, these, uh, the throwing knives. I kind of want some of the throwing knives. I think yeah. that would be kind of fun. I but mean, that, yeah, that have- sounds like a wonderful weekend. It really does. Right. I know. So yeah, they have all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, definitely check them out. Their website is coldsteel.com. Don't forget, you're going to use the code gunfunny20. That's going to get you 20% off. And you guys can use that at anything, you know, that's like GSM outdoors, such as walkers, Birchwood KCE, GPS bags, Tech Mac, True Glow. Definitely, you know, have some fun shopping. All right. Today's AF segment. Stupid. Funny. Cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. 83 billion in weapons left in Afghanistan. I don't even know if I want to read this because it's going to make me so mad, but... Well, and especially on today's events, man, it just, it's, it, it's really maddening. I know. So for those who don't, because I mean, figure the show's going to come out on Monday, so we'll be a few days ahead. But um, today is Thursday. So describe just briefly, like what all happened. Yeah, obviously the snafu in Kabul starts to be more snafu. And then a vehicular-based improvised explosive device is detonated, which so far uh, has uh, killed 12 service members, most likely Marines, and upwards of 50 Afghans. Uh, it's, It's terrible. It's the worst terrorist attack since 2011. Uh, or I'm sorry, the worst attack period since 2011. And it's, it's very difficult to see uh, exactly what the Biden administration is going to do except for roll over and play dead. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's, it's sad. And now there's an estimated, the Pentagon estimates that there's 1000 Americans still needing to be evacuated from Kabul that aren't at the airport. So we're potentially looking at a mass slaughter Oh my gosh. It's terrible. Wow. Yeah. See, that's just like, it makes me so mad. This whole thing makes me just, just like, I, even last week I was like, I mean, I had like, it really bothered me. Like I was definitely like losing some sleep over it because I just felt so bad for the Americans, um, the Afghans actually like aided America and like really fought to help us. And you know, and then just to think like, we just pulled out so quickly. Another person who's pullout games, you know, on point. Um, and it's yeah. just like, it's like, man, like, you know, and then to say that like, oh, we didn't realize that, you know, the Taliban was moving in so quickly with all our advanced technology, like what a bunch of BS, but. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, I never went to Afghanistan and maybe that's why I'm such in a, a such a depressed mood, you know, on top of the NRA, but uh, yeah, this, I've got so many friends of mine that, that invested so much of their lives and their friends' lives in Afghanistan. And, you know, I almost feel tied to the country just because of all the conversations I've always had about Afghanistan and, and even training. I mean, you know, 
TCCC. You know, that was one of the products of, you know, a lot of the engagements that we were seeing, the care under fire, especially, uh, mm-hmm. you know, portion was coming out of uh, lessons learned in Afghanistan. And now it's $83 billion worth in the weapons left in Afghanistan. And I feel like there should be like a Homer Simpson meme, you know, Homer Simpson leaning down and said, saying that we know of. <laughs> like, yeah. Holy right. crap. Oh, my God. It's insane. I know. Yeah, so that's correct. So $83 billion of taxpayers' money was spent on weapons that are now in the hands of Taliban and are already being used to hurt people. This is just the equipment provided to the Afghan National Army and captured by the Taliban. Supposedly, American troops are being much more disciplined about destroying anything that they leave behind, but it's hard to say, especially when, you know, let's say you're told that you're going to be leaving on a certain day, like, hey, yeah, not until next Thursday. And then they're like, oh, you know what, we're changing. It's going to be Tuesday. And then it's like, hey, we have 12 hours, you know, you got to leave, you know? So, I mean, it is hard to say when you when you think you have more time and then next thing you know, you know, you only have a few hours and you got to get out of there and your life's in danger. But over 2000 armored vehicles, including Humvees and MRAPs uh, were left behind 75,989 vehicles like Ford Rangers, F-350s, vans, M35s, Toyotas, armored vehicles, uh, 45 Blackhawk helicopters, 50 scout attack helicopters. I don't know, actually know where they're getting this list from, but Military drones, 30 military Cessnas, which actually, what is a Cessna? A Cessna is a small engine aircraft uh, that, I mean, you might see flying around your neighborhood, but I mean, imagine, you know, some of these uh, small aircraft being able to carry, you know, a few mortars and all the, you know, Taliban has to do is lean out the window and drop a mortar right on your position. I mean, that's, that's very low tech, but it's very effective. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 29 A-29 ground attack aircraft, heavy construction equipment, over 208 total aircrafts. And then there's the firearms that they are left. So over 600,000 small arms, including M-16s, M-249s. I mean, I could just go on. Grenade launchers, miniguns, Gatling guns. Basically all the stuff that we want to own, the Taliban has. I mean, that's literally, I know, I'm like, wait. I'm like, am I reading my wish list, my Christmas list right now? Yeah. I yeah, mean, I mean 16,000 PVS 14s, 16,000. Like, dude, I, I would I would just absolutely go bonkers if I got a free PVS 14 and they got 16,000 of them. Yeah, no kidding. We're talking about so millions of rounds of ammo, stockpiles of body armor, handheld biometric sensors to identify people who worked with us. That's, that's the scary part. That's the that's that's the the death list. I mean, if if uh, you know the Taliban and ISIS K didn't already have uh, names of who they wanted to to kill, well now they have all the biometric information. So now well, let's say uh, you know some some friendly interpreter goes to the UK, <laughs> they they still have the biometric stuff, so they can go and identify people all around the world and like, oh, you worked with the Americans and and kill them. It's. Mm-hmm. It's just insane. And by the way, all of these numbers are coming from the State Department. The State Department had given all of this to the Afghan National Army and police mm. who, you know, they, they gave up as soon as you know the United States said, hey, hey, we're not going to provide air support for you at all. They're like, well, this, is, and that's, this is a losing battle. Yeah, but it also, I mean, so I keep going, I go back and forth between this because I am sort of annoyed that on the one hand, it's like we basically prepared them. We gave them everything that they, you know, 
could ever want or need in order to protect themselves. And they really didn't fight. Like in the U S that's like unfathomable. It's like, we're, you know, we're definitely going to fight for our country. Whereas like the morale there, it's not as strong. And then I also, there was somebody who made a comment where they were like, yeah, they should have just armed and taught the females there how to protect the country. And like, I kind of, you know, not to be like, yay, you know, team females. Yeah. You know, whatever. But I definitely think that the females probably are a little stronger whereas like they have to endure like all this BS, just, you know, just the country itself and the way that they do things that I'm like, maybe that probably would have been a better plan, but you know, yeah, but either way, it's not, I mean, I still just feel really bad for the situation and, and then it was really stupid just to leave all that stuff there. How weird is it that the Biden administration has no problem arming other countries with all of this stuff, but yet they're trying to confiscate civilian firearms so that they won't have any way to protect themselves here. Like you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And that's the nail on the head right there. I mean, if if the Biden administration can give all of this essentially to the enemy without having any plans to destroy this, these weapons, then why the hell are they going to preach about, you know, gun control or anything? I mean, it's just it's beyond hypocritical. It's insane. Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right. So moving on iTunes reviews. This is the only iTunes review. So if you haven't left a review, please do so. I would greatly appreciate it. This review is from Ryan, uh, 2112 setting the pace on Mondays, five stars, easiest gun podcast to listen to. I look forward to it every Monday. Your fun take on the gun industry is just what I need, which I feel like this podcast wasn't very fun. Uh, but Hey, look, you know, some things need to be said. Uh, just what I need on a Monday morning, keep up the good work, send operator tickles over to Afghanistan to take care of the Taliban and bring our people and equipment home. That's Boom. what we need. We need the world means they need more operator tickles. That's it. Agreed. I mean, th- there's our answer. Oh, and, and Hey, Hey, by the way, as far as like making uh, this fun, I'm so sorry that I was such a drag. Uh, oh no. If you want to get me like, like, uh, you know, in a, in a good mood, man, let's, let's talk about some competition because I totally intend on flexing on all the dudes with race guns when I beat them with a Glock 43 stock. That's going to be Oh, fun. is that what you're doing this Sunday? No, no. Okay. I don't, I don't have the, the courage this Sunday because this oh. Sunday I've got some, uh, some big dudes that I'm, I'm uh, shooting with, but Yes, definitely in September, the last match of the month, I'm going to rock that 43 backup gun in IDPA, and it's going to be hilarious. That actually would be pretty good. You know, I used to do IDPA way, way back in the day, and I keep saying like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm actually even writing an article right now about other instructors training with other instructors just for like research purposes. It would be good for for me to- (laughs) Come out with me. Yeah. For me to like train with other instructors. And, and I was like looking at some of the stuff that was available in Colorado and uh, I mean, it really would be good. IDK would be uh, you know, a very, very fun way. I wouldn't necessarily call that training. However, it does subject you to situations and positions that you probably would never even see in a regular class. Yeah. And on top of that, like, I just love the friendly banter back and forth, especially when I shoot a non-threat. When I smoke that non-threat and everybody's like, hey, Ron, we're supposed to you not shoot that. Up. Yeah, hey, I mean, it's, Ron, it's perfect. Go. Exactly. I, I, love, nah. I love giving and receiving the friendly banter. It's so much fun. Well, you know, what's really fun for me is like when I was in Florida and we were doing some two gun event and like, I'm not really big on competitions. I don't, I'm like competitive in like real world stuff, but competitions, games, you know, whatever. I just like to have fun. 
Yeah. And um, totally wasn't listening. Totally just like went to town on these steel targets that were meant for rifle. And I shot them with <laughs> handguns and they're like, cool, except you screwed up. You used the wrong gun. I was like, oh, ha, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have been there and I have done that. It's, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, as soon whatever. as that beep goes off, like the, you know, shooter ready, and then your mind just goes blue. Yep. <laughs> and then the beep, it's great. I love yeah. it. I know. I know. All right. Well, um, it is time to wrap up. So guys, you can find me at gunfunny.com. You should consider supporting the show, becoming a Patreon. Ron is in there in that group, along with a bunch of other really great people. And uh, we're just always having a lot of fun there. So if you guys want to be with like-minded people, considering becoming a patron, just go to gunfunny.com, click on the support the show link, make a donation. And that gets you access to our Facebook group for patrons only. Also blown deadline. He gives away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky patron every month. He does some awesome Cerakote jobs, $5 and up patrons. After being a patron for three months, you get a Patreon patch that will never be for sale. So if you have this patch, you're part of the cool kids. And I also wanted to thank the $25 patrons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq veteran, 8888, Ryan Morrison, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore, and Melissa Ridings. King of the Patreon, Jon Snow, he says, the secret first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about operator tickles. Oh no, I, I violated that already. Dang it. I know, me too. And we just gave our secret away too. <laughs> oh man John. yeah way to go anyways ron thanks so much for everything that you do and keep fighting the good fight and uh guys you know if you're able to do so definitely contribute to you know some of the other organizations out there if you are contributing to nra you might want to reconsider and put that money towards organizations that are actually fighting for our rights Um, But don't just stop there. Definitely make sure that you're contacting our representatives and telling them how you feel because our voice is definitely stronger than you think. Keep doing that. And then also once again, Ron, can you just remind people where they can find you online? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You can search me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Uh, You can uh, email me. I mean, get in touch with Ava, obviously, and uh, email if you want to have a correspondence with me. I'd love to chat with you, especially about the NRA and anything that would be coming up. Save the two a.org is our website. Save the two number two a.org. Ava, I love you so much. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on with you and, and, uh, yeah, talk about operator tickles and uh, yeah, you're awesome. I love you to death. Oh, thanks. Well, if you can just send some good vibes, my way, you know, from my house, that would be great too. Definitely can do. (laughs) All right. Awesome. All right. Well, on that note, uh, I'm going to go try to sweep up some of this dust and, uh, guys, you'll hear from me next week, unless my house just completely collapsed and I really (laughs) am living in my car, then you may not, it might, might be a week, but you know, I'll be back either way. Nothing's going to stop me. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.